Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and happy, happy, happy Wednesday to you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Loretta McNary Live. As you know, we are here on this same time and station every Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So we're very, very excited about today's show. We have formed a new collaboration, new partnership with a wonderful and incredible um, young lady <laughs> from the beautiful state of California who's making some amazing things happen and um, so thankful for the opportunity to partner with someone um, such as Ms. Ianod Burrell. And you will learn so much from her. We're going to do this show Wednesdays with Ianod, and that's our professional fashion and PR guru that we'll talk uh, fashion and PR. And today our theme, of course, is um, the need for publicists in the fashion industry. And so those of you who say, well, I'm not in the fashion industry, don't worry, because I'm sure those things are interchangeable. Um, principles are the same regardless of, you know, your industry and how, whatever you're doing. So these are be principles that you can use and information that you can use to help increase your bottom line because going into 2013, we got to do bigger and better things. You know, if you own your own business, you're an entrepreneur, small business, large business, um, you can't just keep being satisfied with the status quo and where you are today. you got to retire. you got to retire. So everybody, welcome to Wednesdays with Ianod, Ms. Ianod Burrell. Thank you, thank you. How are you this morning? I'm fabulous. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to one of the f- most favorite holidays of the year for me, which is Thanksgiving. I'm always very, very thankful. And as we know, fashion and thankfulness, people kind of blend together in their lives. So it's it's going to be a good conversation. I'm looking forward to it. I am, too. I'm so very excited. You just don't know. When you said yes, I was like, yes, another thing I can check off because, you know, most people <laughs> wait until January to start planning their goals, what they want to do for the new year. But the new year starts January 1, so if you're just getting mm-hmm. started, you're kind of late. So my thing yes. is I always start my new year the November and December prior to that January. So I'm checking this off, so that just makes your next year even grander than the year before. If you get enough starts, that actually gives me 12, I mean 14 months in a year. Yeah. <laughs> that. Okay, so I'm going to, what I want to do, um, as we go along in our conversation, I definitely want to take some time just to um, read your credentials to everybody so they'll know why you are definitely the lady that's large and in charge when it comes to fashion and PR. So we'll do that. But I want to go ahead and let you just set the tone about what you do and why it's so important um, as a publicist to make sure that designers and anybody that's related to the fashion industry knows what a publicist um, can do and how to choose a great publicist because you you are different. And I'll let you talk about Mm -hmm. that because I don't want people to think I'm just saying it because she's my new partner on this thing of educating and informing (laughs) and creating awareness. But you have really um, honed, as they said, your skills and your experiences, Mm -hmm. and you work with some amazing designers, you and those who are already um, legendary. So Mm -hmm. I want them to know that you definitely know what you're talking about. You definitely know what you're talking about. Well, I absolutely have to say when we talk about having a passion, it really is that. And you have to really kind of start there and look for someone who has a passion. And the number one skill that 
every single publicist absolutely needs to have, and I may have touched on this when we spoke last month, is writing. They absolutely, unequivocal, it's a non-negotiable. They have to know how to write. So we're talking about beyond press releases because as you're writing, you're being an influencer, you're being a mover mm-hmm. and a shaker, you're convincing, and you have to know how to write. And, and what follows that is speaking. So when you're looking for a great publicist, it's great that they may look great, they dress good, they have great connections, but I, I'll tell you, if they don't have great writing skills both online, so yes, we do Twitter and we do texts, and when it comes to emails, when it comes to press releases, when it comes to blogging, they absolutely have to know how to write. And my my journey in the PR actually started in music and maybe 10 years ago and it was just the love of music and as Stevie Wonder would says would say <laughs> music is something that just brings together any nationality all cultures it's that common denominator so it started in music and it became just more what am I every day what do I love to do every day and that's where the the passion for fashion pretty much came in but when we talk about fashion I'm talking about the entire industry accessories, shoes, sunglasses, hair, clothes. It's not just it's not just the designer. So it's definitely publicity and designers, they absolutely go hand in hand and we can kind of go through uh, certain questions and and things that kind of can play that out a little bit. Mhm. One definitely. of the things that Go ahead. No, go ahead. One of the things that One of the things that is extremely important. Designers, What I don't know why it is that they seem to think of PR after the fact. They think of marketing after the fact, and I never could understand that. And one of the differences between publicity, marketing, and advertising, and it's really important for everyone to understand that. PR yeah, and I want, is... Well, stop right there for a second. <laughs> Because I want to yeah. hear because this, this is huge. What you're getting ready to tell us is huge. I mean, especially for me uh, with the TV talk show and, and, and knowing these differences. But I found them out at a time where it was really, really costly. I should have known this prior to um, having my show this long and having to dive into the national exposure. So I want people to really pay close attention to this and to write this down because these are some things that you can use when you start talking and trying to find a publicist, which, you know, who I, I vote for, of course. We know it's Ian that I vote for for, for <laughs> this. But she's at such a high level, some people not ready for her, and I mean financially ready for her. <laughs> that yes. you can totally help increase that bottom line if you go with that. And I'm going to say that because that's totally what I believe, and I don't just say stuff for the sake of saying it. I totally mm-hmm. believe in you, and I've been researching you, girl, since we first, since I first found out about you. And I'm just more and more proud of you um, when we go oh, here. Thank I you. want people to understand the difference between advertising, marketing, and publicity that a PR does. And we'll get into some more things that a PR company should do for you, and you shouldn't necessarily. But you got to work hand in hand. So I want yes. people to understand that. But let's talk about yes. those three things too first. So let's go yes. ahead and do that because I want you to. I want everybody, regardless of what you do. Maybe you're an entertainer. Maybe you're not in the fashion industry. Maybe you're an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a show. Maybe you're an artist or an actor mm-hmm. or a filmmaker. These are right. things you need to know. Or multiple yeah, marketing right. person. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned that you have to work hand-in-hand. So as much as you may hire someone to be your publicist or your PR agent or your PR company, you have to play a role as well because you are the product. And starting with advertising, hopefully as a one-liner, every time you open up a magazine, you see ads. 
someone has paid to be on that page, everything from the centerfold is a particular amount, the inside cover, the inside back. I don't know if uh, some people may know this, but in fashion, most fashion gurus meet, read from the back to the front, not from the front to the back. And that's mm-hmm. something that's our little quirky thing. So when we open up a magazine, you hardly ever see us start with those first pages. Because those first pages are kind of, we either go straight to the center or we go to the back and we reread backwards. But those are paid ads. We're talking twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for one issue, some of the magazines. So advertising is paid ads in a magazine. Marketing the first thing I say when someone comes to me and says, "Oh, I want you to be your, I want you to be my publicist," my first my first question is, "Where is your marketing strategy or plan?" And then sometimes they think, "Oh, I thought that's something that you do." What I do as a publicist, I go from your marketing strategy and plan and report, and that gives me the market where I'm supposed to be. For instance, if you're from Memphis, Tennessee, and you are an upcoming designer. You, what is your demographic? Are they men, women, what ages? What do they do every day? What, what is that marketing segmentation that you've done? And that comes from surveys. It may come from just online Facebook asking questions. It may come from that person wearing your brand and being that walking, talking brand for you. But I have to know that information, and you should have done that as part of your plan. So it's market analysis. It's finding out who is that person that represents your product. What what does that person look like? Where do they work? What kinds of things do they like? What foods do they eat? What kind of clubs do they go to, restaurants they go to? That's all marketing, and I have to know that because when you come to me, I look at that plan and I say, okay, I know where to put a PR campaign and to infiltrate and to saturate. I'm going to go over to the south side. This time of day, I'm going to look at the bloggers who are over there, what newspapers are out there, and that's where I saturate my PR. Now, some individuals come and say, I don't, I've never done that. Don't have a marketing plan. Never done marketing. <laughs> can you? Yes, I can. <laughs> and, of course, that's, <laughs> that expands that's the individual charge. That means some more money. So publicists, you're right, Loretta, they have to know marketing. They should know marketing, and it will, yes, it's an extra, extra cost, but I cannot be effective as a PR person until I know what market I'm infiltrating. It's one thing to just cast it out to the Internet and say, here, you're out there, and it's another to say, no, I'm going over to this street on this side, this time of day, and I'm going to land that product there. And then when you move on to PR, public relations, publicity, is about branding that person, place, or thing in in the public eye. So we have crisis PR. We have just PR management. We hear about celebrities getting in trouble. They're doing different things. We have to manage you know that. doing a really crisis. good job of really showing what crisis publicity and management is, that that show, Scandal. I am so in love with that show. I hate to digress, but I just want people to understand what crisis management looks like at its best and at its highest level ever is what they do on Scandal. Yeah. Oh, and she, it's like beyond. It even continues to surprise me, and I absolutely love it. it. I absolutely love it. But you're right. She is the fixer. We know Kerry Washington. Mm-hmm. 
as the <laughs> fixer on Scandal, and she does it very well. She's quick. She knows her stuff. She can read it off the top of off the back of her hand. And you're right. And that's another thing about knowing your client. So when you talk about if you're representing an individual, you have to know their past, their present, and then you begin to build their future. But don't get caught mm. off guard. They have to be honest with you about everything, which is why on that show, what does she normally say to the person who walks in the office? You have to tell me everything. I cannot everything. be caught off guard. <laughs> everything, the good, bad, and ugly. So yeah, and you don't think talk- about that when you're hiring a publicist or somebody do your marketing, but it is, it, at all three, I think the, the publicist part is the most critical. That's when you really mm-hmm. have to be the most honest. I mean, and I'm yeah. not saying people are going to lie to you, but, I mean, telling her things that you wouldn't have to necessarily tell somebody who's doing marketing or advertising, but you really need to tell her some of the pitfalls, some of your strengths, your weaknesses, mm-hmm. some things you tried. So it becomes almost mm-hmm. like a counseling session, I would, have, I would right. imagine. Yeah. Right. And actually, you, I have, because Glasshouse Communications to me is my brand, and that's another thing. You want your publicist or your PR representative to to be a brand as well. Then I am somewhat picky in the individuals that I would take. Before they walk in my door, I've done the research or I've had my assistant do the research on who they are, what they've done, and I make a decision because it's always about the money. It's about me being able to still have high level of integrity, to still have Glasshouse be considered as the, I've coined myself as the best publicist on this side of heaven. So that is like that underlying tagline that I use. And I have to make sure that it's going to work. So I do my research as well on the individual, on the product. So a lot of that, you run into a lot of that when you represent individuals, athletes, or sometimes those who are, or musicians, or you just have to know the whole climate when you represent individuals. So that's the difference. And when it comes to PR, you're talking about putting out, where, where are you going to place them? You're going to have them at charity events. You're going to have them doing maybe a foundation. They may have a foundation. You're going to have them doing radio shows like your, like yours and TV shows. That's all PR, and that's pretty much the difference between all three. And people should be as much as they can. What about when when a person comes to you and you guys are in that initial meeting and when you ask them that question, which I used to hate that question, who <laughs> is your target? You know where I'm going. You already know the question. Who is your target market? And you know what everybody says? Everybody. I want everybody. everybody. <laughs> and of course and I you want say, everybody, but one thing, you have, you have to dial that thing down, though. You do. And, and one of the craziest, well, I won't say the craziest, there are individuals that will come to me and say, I am, I have a new, an old magazine. And I'm thinking everybody has to pay their dues just as getting into a magazine of that level. But let me say this, for a price, you can be in any magazine that you want. So if you want to buy an ad, oh, they, you can do that. Now, I, I believe that some magazines do have discretion, believe it or not. They won't just put anything. However, yeah. if you're looking for me to place you in whether it's O or Vogue or any of those high-end style or any of those magazines, from a PR end, that means I have a relationship with a writer 
who's at the magazine, who I have cultivated, meaning I have, she and I or he and I have done the song and dance over the past six months, eight months, maybe a year, and we've become friends. And Uh not that it's a favor, but does my client make sense? And I'll give you a really good example. There was a makeup line that I represented for a number of years, did very well, and they're doing very well now. And what I would do was send a certain magazine their product. I would doll up the package. It would be really nice. And I would send it maybe twice a year to the to the other. Never got a response, never got a response. However, we would still say hello to each other over email, but I would just confirm that she received it. Do you know after two years, she called me and she said, listen, sis, I'll tell you something. I said, okay. I'm thinking this is, oh, good news, and we finally got placed. She said, the reason why I have not, there's not been a write-up of your, your client's product is because of the packaging. And I thought, Wow. Really? She says, yes, I like the product. It wears very well. It's doing very well, but the packaging needs to change. And do you know in a matter of months, packaging was changed, product was set, and guess what? A story was landed. So we're talking about someone at this magazine who I've cultivated, who I'm friends with, who I'm a professional colleague with, and we have maintained a relationship, and then she picks up the phone and says, this is why. That's rare, because most times you'll send a product out for your client and you just won't hear back. And Mm -hmm. then you're wondering why, you're wondering why. So your publicist, in addition to maintaining or having relationships, how well are they respected in the industry for what they do? You want to make sure that, yes, I may have a Rolodex of 100 bloggers and editors, but how many pick up my phone call? That's most important. Really oh, wow. successful. I never thought about that. I never. Yes. And I have oh, I have interviewed countless publicists. I have worked with a few, but I never knew to even think about that. Yes. That, that, that explains a lot now. If you don't have those contacts <laughs> and stuff. That explains the whole lot now. Wow. Right. You, 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 some of the clients say, so how many people in your, in your database? Well, I have 20, 30, 40,000. How many do I have a relationship with? About a few hundred. And that's very sincere. Those are the relationships that you call once a year. You don't call these people all the time. Um, right. And I'm very proud to say that one of my very first PR interns who started with me about five years ago, and this goes to show how it pays to intern, and I know we're kind Mm -hmm. of going all over and all of that, but she started out interning with me, and she is now the, this, she is now the manager of, and I can't, I have to be discreet, she's a manager, it's a basketball team, and she's, she now manages the arena where the basketball team plays, so she handles all the suites all the high-end sponsors, all the movers and shakers coming through. She was my intern, and I cultivated and trained her, and now she has gone on to excel. I don't call her, but maybe once or twice a year. I respect the fact that she has paid her dues. She has worked very hard. She's at this high-level position. she, She worked for that, so... Right, um, and you didn't go off subject because that's something that we need to ask when we're interviewing for publicists. Who have you interned with? You know, we need credentials. Right. You need to know that these people have 
what you need, connections, credentials, to take you to that next level in your business or your product or your project. So that's a very valid point to make about how your intern went on to, to do great things. And people don't want to intern these days. They want to get paid. But I, I tell you, being an intern at a company um, such as P, um, Glasshouse or the Loren McNary Show, those opportunities are priceless. You cannot put a dollar amount yes. to it. And so right. if you don't get it, then I'm not the one to sell you on it. I'm just saying, okay, thank you. That's all I say. Right. <laughs> like, well, I don't need to get that. I was like, okay, thank you. You don't know what well, you're turning down, baby. You're right. The internship, and I understand the economy right now, but mm-hmm. you have to, whether you intern part-time and go to work part-time, and actually my current intern is doing just that. She's interning with me, but then she has a paid job. And mm-hmm. that's that's really, really, really important. So the publicist, is, as much as you always see them out and you see them out and about, you make an assumption that they are connected. Well, they probably are, but then start doing start doing some work. I'm looking at a question, two questions, if you don't mind, I answer from right. my tweet that just came through. One of the questions is from Patrice, and she's asking me what drew me to fashion. And I, I will say, Patrice, it, it almost found me, and I know that seems a little cliche, but and I may have told part of this before, but I was just heart-wrenched when a mom came up to me in a store and she said, my daughter's going into high school. She is terrified because she's a little heavier on the weight than most teens. Can you please help me pick out something for her? And this was Many years ago, I was in a store, and I and she just came up to me, and I absolutely was almost in tears. And I began to shop and help the young girl look for what I call the under armor because as much as the clothes look good for the fluffy girls, as I call them, and I am one myself, I always focus on the under armor. So we began to look at the under things before we put on the clothes. So it kind of found me, Patrice, and then from there – I began to get a little bit more savvy with my clothes and enjoy my clothes. I've always have. I've been always a colorful person, but that's what kind of drew me. And then Glasshouse kind of made its way into fashion, and and thus or hence fashion wear. And then another question before we continue, Loretta, if you don't mind, from another okay. individual. She's asking, and this is from Lizette, She's asking, besides good writing, what are other things that are essential to succeed in PR? You absolutely have to be tenacious. And when I say tenacious, and most interns know, if I have to ask you twice, it's probably a problem. <laughs> so I I am very much a stickler. I'm very clear when I give directions. So when I say it once and I give a deadline date, I need to trust and believe, Lizette, that you will follow it through and I don't have to ask again. But nine times out of ten, if I'm asking again, or if I say something like, oh, I can take it from here, that's probably not a good thing. So you have to be tenacious. You have to be consistent. You have to be timely. And most of all, are you really interested in this? If you're interested in it for the glitz and the glamour, it's not going to last long. If you're interested because you like the strategy thinking, you like blending and branding, you like seeing where – you've taken two concepts and pulled them together and they've become the trend, if those are some of the things you're interested in, you will be really successful in, in public relations. Mm, those are two questions. I like Yeah. That. Yeah. 
I like it. So when we were talking about um, the differences between, among um, PR and marketing and advertising, so the question is, should the public serve all those purposes or should you still have a marketing person and an advertising person? What was the clear-cut answer to it? And I guess maybe it depends on the project or person or whatever. I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> should the public serve all purposes? I would recommend not. And I, but however, should the publicist know marketing? Yes. Should they know advertising? And knowing advertising goes beyond just putting it in the magazine. It's called advertiser media placement, meaning they should know which magazines, where in the magazine, meaning what what page or what section. But no, I do I don't recommend that the publicist serve as also. The market, and a lot of that does depend on the product or brand. And I say that because PR is twenty-four and some more. It's beyond twenty-four. Ah, I like so, that. Twenty-four and, and some more. I love it. And some more. It, it, it's really beyond getting a press release out. It's about getting product placement, getting on that red carpet, getting on that set. It's about a lot of mixers, and Loretta, I'm sure I've seen your beautiful pictures on many red carpets, and you look amazing <laughs> all the time. I, you know, you must have a publicist yourself, so you're you're always very clean, very chic, and so people would be drawn to your product, which is your show, and that's work. So getting on these red carpets, going to all of these awards, making sure you're connecting at all of these awards. And, and some of my closest colleagues know that at the end of the day, Ian Nod comes home and you will hardly ever hear a TV, a radio, or anything in my house. It's complete solitude. And that's because I my energy all that when I come home, it's completely quiet for really mm-hmm. all night. Yeah. It, it because that's where I'm thinking, and I'm relaxing, and I'm I'm being prayerful, and it's it's really really important. So I would not recommend it if you can if you can avoid it. But if you have to have the PR marketing person in one, just be prepared <laughs> to write the check. <laughs> yeah. But it is so worth it. That's one thing I I found that is very, very worth it. When you can find a person who who can beat you at that game, because I have learned a lot about PR, marketing, and advertising just for the sake of, you know, when first starting out, my, you know, I didn't have all the money and I didn't have the wisdom that I needed to to know I needed those persons, more than Mm -hmm. one, um, to help me really um, elevate to that next level each step of the way. But um, I I think Mm -hmm. the way that I've done it has really been very, um, successful for me because I learned a lot. So I know what to look for in a good publicist, and I know what I can do as an individual. So my publicist needs to trump that. And truly, you are one of maybe two that I've talked to personally and know of their um, credentials and experiences that can really take what what I – if you compare what I know to like a regular publicist, I'm going to trump them. But when you compare what you know and what you've done, you're going to double trump me, girl. (laughs) And I've been to, like you said, all the major red carpets, so I know how to get there. I know how to build the relationships. So that's why I'm so excited about partnering with somebody who's um, way, you know, way ahead of me when it comes to PR and marketing and advertising. So I have another question for you, Derlin. 
Uh, and if you got questions from um, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, you just interject those at any time okay. as I am okay. doing. Um, so I'm on Twitter, too. So I want to just slow down a moment just to tell everybody and thank them so much for following us today and listening to Loretta McNary Live presents Wednesdays with Ianod, our PR and fashion guru. We'll do this monthly every third Wednesday at 11 a.m., Central Standard Time. So you can text us or Facebook our, your questions because I know some of you are at work, and I know when it's been a holiday, you're probably out shopping, as I've already done that with <laughs> my mom today. <laughs> so I was a little late trying oh, to get wow. everything started. I know, girl. You know we have to, like the Army, we've done more at right. 8 o'clock before most people. <laughs> right. And you sure you want to be a PR person? You sure you want your own TV talk show? Okay, yes. let me talk to you. So um, um just want to just kind of feed this back into the conversation that Ian Burrell is the founder and CEO of Glasshouse Communications, a boutique firm in the San Francisco, Oakland, California area, specializing in publicity, media relations, entertainment branding, strategic communications, um, fund development consulting for nonprofits, and a partial list for clients includes the museum, of Africa City Lines Theater Company, the City of Oakland, Al- Alameda County, the Oakland Chamber, yada, yada, yada. It goes on and on and on. And she's also mm-hmm. the fashion editor for Glam Culture, um, no, Couture yeah. Magazine, and has more than 10 years in the fashion industry from attending and writing about multiple high-end fashion shows, including the Toronto Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, um, L.A. Fashion Week, Dallas mm-hmm. Fashion Week, and many, many others. And she's appeared on various television networks, including ABC7, CBS5, Comcast mm-hmm. Local Edition. Additionally, and her additionally goes on and on. I'm telling you guys, you gotta <laughs> look her up. Google her, and you will see why she is the fashion and PR guru, man. I mean, it goes on and on, and we haven't even gotten to Fashion on the Square. Because she wants to talk right. more about education and awareness for you guys, but she is the founding creative director of Fashion on the Square in San Francisco, the largest and longest-running fashion show on the West Coast. This year, mm-hmm. Fashion on the Square celebrated its eighth annual, and some of the designers and yeah. um, retail yeah. lines who have participated in the past include Joseph Domingo, Dark Garden, Victor Tong, B. Michael in New York, Chris Marge from Project Runway, Kamora Lee Simmons, Fabulosity, Old Navy, Dimbaree, Jamie and Jack, Crazy Eight, Nine West, DSW, The Gap, Jennifer Blue, and so many more. Apple Bottom, Nike Town, Bitten. <laughs> you know, it right. goes on and on and on. So this lady, I'm telling you, she is a force. She is a force, you all. <laughs> So you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot Thank and um, save your money so you can hire her to hire her as um, we're going to do. But anyway, getting back to our conversation here on, on Loretta McGarry yeah. Live, um, the phone lines are open. If anybody is brave enough, I know people love to listen to the show and re-listen to the show because we'll have this show archived. You can go back and tell your friends about it. You can um, just follow the link, and it will have a recorded version of the show so people can listen in for, you know, the next few days, the next months and years to this conversation. Conversation because I know a lot has been said, and it's, uh, sometimes you want to take it in a small bite. So listen to the archives. Phone number to call, 347-539-5772. We'll get you into Loretta McNary's Live Presents Wednesdays with Ianot Burrell. All right, so having said all that, <laughs> I know we've been uh, – let me see. I can go back to my Twitter account and get another question from everybody. 
Okay, it's this question says, and I'll wait on her to come back. Technical difficulties always happen. But uh, when she comes back, we'll have a question for her. So in the meantime, what I'd love to do is read some more about her bio while she's um, readjusting here. Because I told you about Fashion on the Square, and it's also called FOTS. FOTS is another arm um, she has an institute, a program that embodies the business of fashion on and off the runway. The institute was launched at the sixth annual Fashion on the Square. Um, then she is also the founder of that. I mean, I'm telling you, her bio is extensive and very impressive. So the uh, institute was launched at the sixth annual Fashion on the Square, and classes included um, photographers, modeling agencies, casting directors all kinds of people were at this institute, and they got to meet the designers and fashion marketing, publicity. They talked about trends and branding, eco lines, boutiques and buyers, and hair and makeup for red carpet ready. As a media liaison for multiple fashion and entertainment events, Ianon has worked many red carpet events and interviewed celebrities such as Judith Jameson of the Avon Ailey Dance Company, Naomi Campbell, Tim Dunn, Steve Harvey, LL Cool J, oh my goodness, Stevie Wonder, Patty LaBelle, Monique, Congressman, Congresswoman, Maxine Waters, Terry J. Vaughn, and many, many others. I'll um, also finish that list up for you um, sometime here shortly. <laughs> so we're going to just pause for a moment. I, you know, speaking of talent, I want to play a song that, and I'll play a portion of the song for you. It's from Trey Ali, and I love it. It's this, call, this song is called My Freedom by Trey Ali. She's soon to be relocating to Atlanta to follow her dream of becoming a um, full-time artist. So listen to this song. I just love that song, that's Trey Lee, My Freedom, and we will try to finish that up. On, we've had her on the show, and she is an amazing vocalist and a very talented and gifted young lady. Um, you want to make sure you remember that name, Trey Lee. She's out of the Baltimore, Maryland area and soon to be relocating to Atlanta. So I just wanted to, you know, I love to help people who are very, very gifted and give them some exposure. So Trey Lee stays in my database. So um, just wanted to do that real fast while we kind of readjusted everything. We want to welcome back. <laughs> From a little break <laughs> to Loren McNary Live presents 
Uh, he is yes. our, our PR and fashion guru. So uh, while we were on that little hiatus, um, while I slowed it down just a little, I read some more of your bio, so we can okay. go straight to, and then I had a question from the Twitter account, but I really okay. want to ask you this question that you and I had already talked about, uh, and we kind of have alluded to this in a in a grand way, but what can a publicist mm-hmm. do for a designer? <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things, let's talk about a fashion designer. The The first thing they want to do is be on the runway. They want to be in fashion shows. They want their stuff seen by socialites, by their regular buyers. They want to be in fashion shows. And the publicists can seek out those opportunities, and most times they are charity events, and they are definitely loving and interested in having designers participate. The tricky part comes, it's just not about getting them in the show. Then what about the models? What about the hair? What about the makeup? That's where the publicist begins to talk to the producer of the fashion show or of the event and say, okay, my designer, my client is willing to be in the show. Are you covering all of those aspects? And if so, are the models coming from an agency? Are they coming from a casting call? The designer then begins to really dive into the specifics because, as much as the designers on the runway, the presentation and the muse of these models is going to be pivotal in the presentation of how they're going to look on the runway. But then the other side is some designers say, sure, I'll come, I'll be a part, this is a great event, I'm going to bring my own models, I'm going to have my own hair and makeup done, I would like to have X number of VIP tickets complimentary, I'd like to know who are the media folks, Who are the photographers? How is this being marketed? So beyond the publicist being able to get a fashion designer in a show, where we're not just talking about a fashion week, that's different. That's a completely different conversation. It's a charity event, and part of the charity event is a fashion show. After that, after we've accomplished that, then let's drill down the details. And those components actually will be very important because after the show, if if there are no write-ups, if there are no media coverage, if I can't get the photographers to give me the photos, then we have challenges. So the publicist needs to make sure that they're covering, and you need to make sure your publicist is covering all of that ground because that is extremely important as well beyond beyond just being in the show. So in addition to getting them in fashion shows, they want to be on the red carpet. How can you dress Kerry Washington? How can I dress some of the stars at these, the Emmys, the Oscars, the Grammys. A publicist reaches out to celebrities to see, to try and get placement. So your designer has to be really competitive (laughs) and really hot in order to dress someone on the red carpet because that red carpet gets all kinds of coverage. So they need to be able to do that as well. And one of the things that the designer has to be really, really clear on is that you – if you're not at the Givenchy level yet, if you're not at that high-end level, you, like everyone else, have to pay your dues. That means you're going to do a lot of giveaways. You may do a lot of dressing and, and, and giving couture dresses away to celebrities. You're not asking for money. And those folks on the red carpet, they're not, they don't pay most times for those, probably 90% I'm so of glad those. you said that because people are offended <laughs> when I say that. <laughs> I'm so no. glad it came from somebody who's in the industry because you know me being uh, having my own TV talk show and going to this red carpet. I have had mm-hmm. people who literally come to the studio, 
want me to purchase their dress and wear it on the red carpet. Oh, no, and no, no. And to me, that's like double dipping. <laughs> You're not going to get it. Absolute, it's absolutely I, I, double dipping. I, I'm because, like, wow. Because what's going to happen is someone's going to come up to you on the red carpet, and what are they going to say? So, who are you wearing? And you're going to say the name of the designer, and now they've just gotten an international or national plug because you're mm-hmm. on a major TV. Na- no, 90-plus mm-hmm. percent of yeah. the time, if you are wearing something on the red carpet, that designer gave that to you. Sometimes it's returned, not often, and that's not a, a bad thing. Yeah, and that's the other 10% of that. Sometimes they ask you to bring it back. And I'm okay with that, too, because I, I, I don't have closet room for all the clothes that I have to wear and be dressed in, so I don't mind giving it back. And when I get to keep it, I always donate it back to, you know, some dress for success or some homeless shelter. I always do. Oh. Every time you see me wear something, I never hang on to it because I can't wear it again because I've already been photographed in it. I have to give right. it away. So, And people right. say, hey, Loretta, can I have that dress? And they're so surprised when I say, yeah. Because I can't wear it again because that's a no-no in this right. industry for some reason. It, you know, because people keep, they may not know what I talked about on my show, Ian, but they can tell me what I had on every Right. <laughs> it, it, it is a no-no, and especially when they start matching up, you showed up with the same dress as someone else. That's com- completely different. But it is one of those one-offs. But, no, that designer is giving you that dress because they believe you are a walking brand, and once you mm-hmm. hit that red carpet and you say that name, whose fl- phone is going to start blowing up after? Their phone. So, Their phone, no. Definitely. Yeah, so those are just I'm so some glad of, you said that because that's a, that's a really, because you already are making the garments, and all you got to do is tweak mm-hmm. find somebody, even locally, um, who can wear your clothes. I think that's a, a, a priceless piece of advice you just gave out. Let mm-hmm. somebody be a walking billboard. A walking billboard. And those are just some of their, the PR services are so broad, and the list is very long. So those couple that I just gave for fashion are just a couple. We could certainly, as we continue to have this monthly dialogue, share other tidbits of what a publicist can do for a fashion designer. But those are just those are just a few. I have a question right. here from on Twitter asking me, are you absolutely loving and enjoying your work? Well, it probably exudes out of my I know. Voice. Can't you tell? Can you if you're listening to this show, if you've ever spent any time talking to her, oh, my goodness, she lives and breathes this thing. She loves I can answer that question for you easily. And that's probably the only question that somebody could ask you that I can answer for you, and totally she what? loves this thing. Yes, I, I am. Got a question from Twitter, I love the fact that the young lady used the word absolutely, because it's one thing to say, do you like what you're doing? And the question is, are you absolutely loving? I am absolutely loving and enjoying it. Even talking about it, it makes me giddy, and I get real the tingly thing. And I'm not quite sure where that comes from other than it's a it's a gift. I absolutely don't credit, and I know not our audience is all religious, and you don't have to be. I don't credit anything that I do to just me. If I am exactly. not, and trust me, the, the other thing is I make sure that the people who are around me are smarter than me. Even if they don't think they are, there's something about them that I'm able to learn from all the time. So I mm-hmm. don't do this alone. My ears are always open. I'm always listening. I'm always open to receiving. And a lot of my energy comes from just, just a very small group of friends, and but my entire family who, who are number one in my life. And then that's how I 
kind of shape what I do. But, yes, sis, I am absolutely loving and enjoying what I am doing. And it's, it's, it's fun, but it's work. Don't get me wrong. And let's talk about that time thing, Loretta, you brought up. Yes. Normally, as a publicist, I work on the New York – I work on Eastern Standard Time. So my day usually begins at between 4 and 4.30 a.m. <clears throat> because by 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, the market is pretty much shut down on the East Coast. That's It's mm-hmm. after lunch. So you might as well forget about contacting anyone because they're pretty much gone. But when they're getting my phone calls at 5 a.m., which is 8 a.m. their time, or 6 a.m., which is 9 a.m. their time, I'm getting responses. And it's going, and that early stuff has has – it, it, I do it as a wrap. And one of the other, um, another question that someone asked on Twitter, what does it take to be an intern in Glasshouse? It's a lot of things. But let me just say this one. If you cannot start your day, I would say average of 6 a.m., then it's probably not going to work with Glasshouse. <laughs> it's not a good fit, is it? Not a good fit. Not a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> good question. Good answer. Good. That was a great question too. That is a great question. I want people to contact you. So let's um, before I ask my question from Twitter, go ahead and give them your contact information. I know you, you mm-hmm. use Twitter a lot and you use Facebook a lot, and that's a good way to contact you. You tell them. Absolutely. You can contact me via email at ianod, that's Y-A-N as in Nancy, A-D as in dog, underscore, Burrell, B as in boy, U-R-R-E-L-L, at glasshousepr.com. Certainly connect with, with me on Twitter, and my handle is at glasshousecom, that's C-O-M-M. And either way is really, really good. Phone is is a whole other arena, but definitely <laughs> via those ways. <laughs> it's a whole other conversation, so you can that can be a little challenging. But I encourage you, if you'd like to connect with me on Facebook, that you connect with me through my Fashion on the Square page. And you can just Google Fashion on the Square Facebook. The page will come up. And actually, I don't know if people know this, but you can leave inbox messages on a mm-hmm. Facebook fan page. So there are ways to do that as well rather than my personal page. So those are the three ways to connect with me. Okay, great. And we have um, less than 13 minutes to go. Let me ask this question then. Of course, we have a couple more that I wanted to ask um, that we've already talked about. So this question, um, they're not in the fashion industry, obviously, because they said, how much time should you give your PR to book you as an author? To book you as an author? Mm-hmm. And their initials are MC. So that's all well, I know about them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That the thing we call time. It is not about. <laughs> I am as successful as the product is. So yes, you're an author. Have you published before? Are you independently published right now? What What if anything have you done before you you came to me? Have you done any book signings? Have you done any events? What Who is your market? So when you, to ask that question is always challenging because folks will come to me and say, okay, we'll, we'll hire you for five months, and then in five months we want five magazines, two TV shows. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> and, and also you can't come to a publicist and say, I live in Houston, Texas, but I want to be in New York and all of my exposure to be in New York. It doesn't happen that way. I start local and regional then national, and that's how it happens. The more hits you can get on the local level, 
then you get on the regional, and then I pitch national. So to answer your question as an author, I wouldn't say there's a t- It really depends on what are you bringing to me? What packaging are you bringing to me? What, <laughs> has, your, has your book been copy edited? I have had authors come to me, and I read the first two pages, and I absolutely will not represent them because the grammar is not good. So you either need to re-release this book or do some copy editing, have a ghostwriter, have some help. So to answer your question, it's not a time. It's all about what you're bringing to the table first. What kind of work do we have to do to brand you? Do you have an EPK, which is an electronic press kit? Do you have a website, not a Facebook? Do you have a website? Once I see what the scope of what I'm looking at, then I could say, okay, it's going to take us X amount of months to do the work. Loretta, you there? Okay, everybody, I'm so sorry. My call was dropped that time, so um, you're still tuned in to Loretta McNary Live. I'm going to bring Ian not back in. I tell you, technology works at its best when, it's, when it works and when it doesn't. Oh, my goodness. I dropped you that time. I dropped the whole show. Okay. Did you hear my question um, I, about, about how can a publicist? No, I was asking you because I'm sure people have this question. I kind I know the answer because I've worked with publishers out of town. Can if if I live in Memphis and with you being in the Oakland, California area, can you really benefit me as a client if I'm not in the same state? How does that work? Absolutely. As a publicist, we we should have, and I do have national branding experience. And so, no, it doesn't matter where the publicist is, and a lot of folks want to, I'll go to the publicist in New York because New York is the mecca for all kinds of things, but that's not necessarily the case. And I've had people come to me after they've done the New York publicist experience, after they spent thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm not saying that all the PR folks in New York don't do a great job, but they didn't get the return, and now they're coming to their hometown where they are. So to answer the question, no, you do not have to be in the same city or state as the publicist. My clients are not all here either. I have them on a regional and national. What you want to make sure of, however, is does the publicist have a presence or influence or relationships where you are? So as much as they may live in another state, what is their reach, meaning do they know the magazines, the writers, the bloggers who are in your city, and they start there, and then they can branch out. So they don't necessarily have to be there to to do high-level representation, to do a great job. They absolutely, the answer is is no. Sometimes we would like to see our publicists, and I know when we live in different states, we can't have that face-to-face if you're okay with Skype and FaceTime and things like that, but your publicist should also have the capacity to travel, meaning at some point they will be there, and it may be for a period of time. Maybe it's for a week. Maybe it's for a few days. It's certainly for events, a a book event, a, a album dropping or things of that nature. You want them to physically be there. So, no, they don't have to be in the same same state or city, no. Okay, great great answer to that question. Um, so they should be at some of the events, but not all of them. Can you, you, I guess you couldn't physically, all your clients go to all their events. So 
And that doesn't matter to me as a client because I just want the event. I want the exposure. So your being there would be gravy, but I still want it to be an awesome event if you were not there because having your right. your kind of clients that you have, there's no way physically you could be in all those places. <laughs> so, yes, and, um, and, and I, most of the I, I totally are, get that. They're not, they're not always doing events per se. They Most of the clients are looking for PR. So what they're getting are the write-ups. What they're getting are the, however, when I start getting requests for them to do appearances, then that's where it gets a little dicey in a good way because whoever is requesting that appearance, they're paying for me to fly wherever I need to fly. They're paying for the client to fly. So then it's it's fine. But when you oh, are, yeah. yeah, so the the person who wants your client is covering all the expenses, and I'll hop on a plane in a minute. It's no problem. So definitely. <laughs> okay, what kind of exposure and or placement should the publicists be looking for? Because I know you and I have had conversations, and, I, and, and one of the things that really moved me toward you as a publicist was uh, when you said uh, for an author, you don't just do book signings. You want them to be, you want them to speak at a charitable event. You want them to, right. you know, hear. So you think you don't do the obvious for a client, like a book signing for an author, um, I guess a concert for a performer, a TV talk show, a TV talk show. You do more than the obvious. That's why exactly. I love that little organization class house. That's the creative branding that I really, really, really enjoy. So if a, if a music artist came to me, and I'm so excited to say that I've, I've come full circle, as Mr. Seth would say, who I just who just came on board back with Glasshouse. We've been friends for a long, long time. Who is an amazing artist. He is a genius at what he does from a producer, a writer, and being the artist on the mic. However, he's a philanthropist. So what am I going to do? I'm going to maximize the philanthropic area of what he does. I'm going to have him in classrooms, teaching, motivating. I'll have him doing the arts, being in that arena as well. So we already have the music down. We have the performances. We have the stage. We have the albums. We have the downloads. What is going to create that different kind of branding is putting Mr. Self in different environments that broaden broaden what what he can do. And can you imagine the folks and the audience that that broadens as well? So in addition to the (laughs) fact that he's an amazing lyricist, now you have philanthropists who are interested in his basketball team, who are interested in in donating or or giving contributions to make sure the kids have uniforms. has nothing to do with being on the mic. So, yes, what I'm looking at, when you look at a publicist, please think about beyond the usual the natural, what else Mm -hmm. can happen here? What else? Most times I'll take an athlete and I'll put them on the runway. Perfect. They're arrogant. They already (laughs) have the confidence. And then I'll put them in a suit on the runway, and guess what? They are picked up by a designer to be the face of their brand. Things like that. Oh, wow. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. Okay, so when my publicist lands a fashion show for me as a designer and they tell me there is a cost to be in the show, how do I handle that? <laughs> and, of course, I deal with that with fashion on the square. <laughs> because, well, wait a minute, it's a fashion show. You know, and I, I say, listen, if you were to go to New York Fashion Week or Milan Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week, are you asking them that same question? No. So please don't ask me that. You can ask me. And I will tell you, when you are approached to pay 
to be in a fashion show. That fashion show absolutely needs to be an industry-level show. It cannot be the show that's at the club around the corner. It cannot be the show that's at the community center up the street. We're talking about an industry show that has magazine editors there, other designers there, manufacturers, retailers, merchandisers. They have a ton of photography. They have video. They may have video streaming. That show, because what you're paying for is certainly to be in front of those people. What you're really paying for is what's going to happen after the show. I need to make sure that when I type in Loretta McNary after the show, that about 25 write-ups come up about her being at a particular event. That is what you're really paying for. So as a publicist, yes, I do have fashion industry clients that have to pay to be a part of certain events, but I make sure that they have the media coverage, that they have the right models, the right photographers, because all of that is what I get at the end. So I make sure I have a contract with these people that I'm allowing my designer be to participate with, and then you have to make sure the ROI, the return on investment is there. So that's how you handle it, but you have to pay sometimes. It's, it's, the industry of fashion and entertainment is not, a, it's an expensive industry to be in. But there's, there are ways to still do it economically, but it'll take some time. It'll take some time. Wow. That is such a great answer. And I had not thought of it like that. That's, you're not paying actually to be in the fashion show. You're, you're, like you say, you're paying for what will happen for you by being in the fashion show after exactly. the fashion show. So it's always exactly. a pay me now or pay me later um, kind of feature when you're growing your brand. And um, I hope at some point in time, because we only have one minute left in the show, to talk okay. about, you know, the price of branding. And I'm not talking about the price you pay, but the price you don't, the price you pay if you don't do a great job at branding. What oh, the publicist yes. really concentrates on is that branding you all over the place to your market right. and everything else feeds into that. So you don't have to say my market is everybody. You say my market <laughs> is uh, women 25 to 54. And then, of course, women 60 and 70 and women under 25 will listen to you, but you don't put your whole money into branding to the whole, you know, every woman in the hey. world. Hey. <laughs> That's so true. But anyway, Otherwise, we have just a few minutes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We have less than a minute. I have so enjoyed you, Ednot, and this is a great way to kick off our new Wednesdays with Ednot, our PR and fashion guru on Loretta McNary Live every um, third Wednesday of the month. So you can find her and you can find her on Twitter and Facebook. I'm so happy you all tuned in. And I know Ednot is uh, very excited because I, I know she's pumped. We could actually do a two-hour show where she wouldn't get tired of the because <laughs> she loves it. She's passionate about it. And she is full of knowledge of knowledge, so we're going to tap into that, and I want to wish everybody a very happy, productive, and safe, enjoyable, happy Thanksgiving on tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day, but spend some time finding out who your market is and how do you tap into that market to become wealthy and a big influence in that market. Everybody, this is Loretta McNary Live, and we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy, everybody. Bye-bye.